Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse. I am Gemma Serenity Gorokov, your host, and today we have a very special guest, Caroline Boras. Thank you for being here today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yes, my name is Carolyn Boris, and I am a full-time teacher in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. I also have an online uh, hypnotherapy business. I am an RTT practitioner and certified hypnotherapist. RTT stands for Rapid Transformational Therapy. That's what I do. That's wonderful. Thank you so, so much. Because you have all of that, there is a reason for that. Can you please share if a glimpse of your story with an emphasis on the kind of abuse you had to overcome in your life? And I know that hypnotherapy and RTT can be an amazing tool for that. Yes. Um, so what did you overcome? I grew up in a family of two with two alcoholic parents. There were five siblings. There, while there wasn't physical abuse, there was definitely emotional abuse. When my mother was drinking, she became we the the siblings. We like to say she became evil. She she really was. She was like the wicked witch of the north. And I think because she was so abusive emotionally, my father became an alcoholic just to survive with her. And so we were all trying to deal with the alcoholism in our own, in our own way. And we each developed certain coping skills. We didn't really know uh, mom was an alcoholic until we were in high school. All we knew is that mom had moods And we thought those moods were because she didn't take her hormone pills because she had already had a complete hysterectomy several years before that. But we didn't know that alcoholism was the problem. And so some of the, uh, some of the things that went on in the family with regard to me is that because the siblings were all trying to cope in their own way, one of my siblings coped by call. She wanted to make herself um, more by calling other people down, if that makes any sense. So her nickname for me was ugly. And so the siblings in my family would say, hey, ugly, do this. Hey, ugly, do that. Hey, ugly, come here. And I came to believe that that was true because this would happen as we were sitting around the dinner table. My parents were there And my parents didn't do anything to correct it. And so my thinking at the time was, well, it must be true. Otherwise, they would, they would have said something about it. So I took that on for, I can't remember how long that went on. But every single time I heard that, it was like a dagger in the heart again. And it just made me feel that much smaller every single time I heard it. It was just chipping away, chipping away, chipping away until one at one point we were sitting around the dinner table and my brother said, hey, ugly. And I just snapped and I grabbed hold of him as hard as I could. And I said, don't you ever call me that again. And 
from what I remember, that didn't happen again. But I took those scars with me into my adult life. And many years later, I was raped at knife point and strangled. And the thought that went through my head was, okay, this is what happens to ugly people. I'm not surprised. And, and this was like, I don't know, 15 years later, maybe. So, it, so I guess what I'm saying is that abuse, it was still down in there, obviously. And I didn't say anything to anybody because I was so shell-shocked. I couldn't believe that something like that happened to me. And so the only people I told happened to be my oldest sister, who was a nurse. I wanted to know what I had to do health-wise. And her husband, who was a lawyer, I wanted to know what to do legally. And, you know, his response to me, he thought I was joking. And he said to me, well, I said, well, what, what do you do if you've been raped? And he said, well, you lie back and enjoy it. And that was another stab in the heart and another piece of emotional abuse. And I, 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 just, I just didn't know what to do after that. So that particular day, it was every single person I dealt with happened to be a male. And it seemed as though I was getting that abuse over and over and over and over again. I had to deal with the FBI. And now this was like 40 years ago. So they didn't have processes in place at that time with how to deal with fe with females. They didn't have female FBI agents. At so it was like I was the one who was at fault, and and it was more abuse piled on top of the piled on top of the other abuse. So so anyhow, um, I think it was about 15 years after that I started to experience panic attacks. I had no idea what they were. I thought I was dying at first. And then little did I realize when I finally went and had some NLP therapy, it was uncovering all of the things, all of the layers dealing with the rape and then all of the layers dealing with the emotional abuse and the alcoholism and so on and so forth. So I finally was able to unpack all of that and leave that behind. But before that, I tried to run away from my family. I thought moving across a mountain range and moving 800 miles away was going to solve all the problems. And it didn't because that black cloud follows you until you deal with it. And at some point in time, there's going to be your breaking point when you realize, I just, I, I have to do something. So that's that's that story that is a story indeed wow you survived by coping in a way yeah. that is that the only way you knew at that time <clears throat> is the exactly. best you could exactly and you know i think that my parents were eastern european immigrants so at that time they wouldn't have they wouldn't have known 
that one of the things you could do would be to go and get help to get. And 40 years ago, I don't even know what was what would have been available at that time. So I just hid it and I never talked about it. And it's it was just this this burden that I was that I was carrying. And so it it was about I think it was about 20 years after this uh, the rape occurred and I'd had lots of counseling um as a result of that I decided that oh and and at that time my parents also had both quit drinking and so I decided that I had to go home and put some closure on all of this so when I when I went home I decided that I was also going to go back to the the place, the location where this whole thing occurred. Because as I said, this was 20 years after the fact now, and I was finally ready to say, that's it. That's the end. So when I went there, and it was in this small little town, when I, as I was going there, I thought I knew where off the main highway this had occurred. But as as I was going into town, I didn't see it. And then um, I asked people who were still working in that little town, um, well, where is the information center where I was working at the time, 20 years ago? They didn't know what I was talking about because it wasn't there. And I asked, well, where is this trailer where we lived, those of us who were working at the information center, nobody knew what I was talking about. And I asked various questions about this little village that I remember being relevant when I was there. Nobody knew. And I had the strangest feeling that I had made the whole thing up. I felt as though I had stepped onto another planet. But I looked around and I thought, I know this is the place because I spent four summers there. And so when I was driving out of town, I thought, I know where this little trail goes off the road, where this happened. And you know, I could not find that little trail that went off the road. It's like, it's like it didn't exist. And I finally realized, do you know, that is the universe if you want to call it, that's, that's the universe saying, Carolyn, it's finished. It doesn't exist anymore. You're done. You've, this is closure. Now you're finished. You don't need to carry it anymore. So it was, it was a strange feeling, but it was also a feeling of relief. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I mean, thank you for sharing that. Mm. Thank you very much. It's important. It's relevant. It's timeless. Mm. And indeed, when you work on yourself enough to restore your life, yes, change what you remember. Yes, change yeah. the impact on your psyche on at, at your cellular level because your body remembers. Yes, yes. But when you change those stories, 
and you accept to let them go, to accept that it may actually be just a story and yes. not a traumatic, awful event anymore, meaning that you change the That's meaning right. you give to it. That's right. And it's, you know, if you change your narrative, then it's only something that happened to you. It doesn't mean it's you. It's only something that happened to you. And, and if, you, if you reframe it, I don't mean reframe it in the sense that, okay, all is forgiven, it, uh, but I mean reframe it in terms of how you want now to live your life. That's, that's the important thing. I think. And I think also, if you don't talk about it, you always carry that shame around with you and you feel as though you're different from everybody else. But when you, when you actually bring it out into the open, it's absolutely shocking and heartbreaking how you're not, you're not the only one that this has happened to. How many people, women, well, men and women, that this sort of thing has happened to. And I remember when um, I was first dealing with the fact that I grew up in an alcoholic household, I went to Adult Children of Alcoholics, ACOA. And the very first meeting I went to, um, we had to go around the circle and we had to introduce ourselves, tell why we were there, what has gone on in, in in our lives. And it was about, I was about halfway, I was at the halfway point in the circle. And I was listening to everybody's story. And honestly, by the time it came to me, I was thinking in my head, there's nothing wrong with me. I just came from two alcoholic families, or two, from two alcoholic parents. Because when I heard all of the things the things on top of that other people were dealing with alcoholism, their own alcoholism, their partners, uh, gambling addiction, sex. Addiction. They were in jail. Their partner was in jail. They're dealing with divorce. Da, da, da. And I'm going, dear Lord, my parents were alcoholics. That's all. I, I, not that that's all, but it's like, wow, I never had any of that stuff happen to me. Thank you very much. And, and when I related this to the, the therapist, he said, do you know, as I was watching people come in, I was also thinking to myself, well, if I saw you walking down the street, I'd never think that you had to be at this meeting. I didn't think you'd have to be because they all looked normal. And the therapist said, do you know what was happening is that was your shame coming through. That's exactly right. I felt as though I had be, had a big scarlet letter A emblazoned on my forehead or my shirt or wherever. And I thought that's exactly right. That you have to do, you have to do something to release the shame. Yeah, exactly. Once you, once you can release the shame, then you can move forward. Yeah, perfectly. All right, Caroline, how did you come in touch with hypnotherapy, RTT, and all of that, because that must have been a turning point in your life. Well, what happened was I, about, about tw almost 20 years ago, 
I decided to become an international educator because up until then I was a regular teacher and I, re I recall my 50th birthday was coming up and I was absolutely miserable where I was. I wasn't making enough money. Um, I didn't have a social life. I didn't have any friends. And every single time I went into the staff room, the teachers only talked about how many years, months, weeks, days they had until retirement. And I thought, I cannot listen to this misery for another 15 years. I've got to get out of here. Up until then, I did not know that inter international education existed. I mean, I didn't know. So I did a bit of research and, and then I ended up um, in Singapore. I was there for 12 years. I went to Saudi Arabia for three and now I'm in Ho, uh, in, uh, Ho Chi Minh. Now this is my fifth year. But about five years ago, um, I had a health scare. And fortunately, everything turned out fine for me. And over the last few years, I kept asking, well, why was I given a second chance? Why? Because I know not everybody gets a second chance. That is for sure. And so in the meantime, I, I kind of stumbled upon RTT. I'd always been interested in, in the workings of the mind and in hypnosis and and how to use your mind to, to better your position. And so when I finished with the training, I thought, well, now what, where do I go with this training? I have this valuable tool. What do I do with it now? And I came to realize that because I've been in education now for more than 45 years, I know about teachers and I know about education. And I thought, I need to make this second chance that I've been given. I need to make it count for something. And so I decided, who can I help? I can help teachers because teachers and education are in absolute crisis right now. Absolute crisis. And when I read on the Facebook threads, what some people are reporting. It is absolutely, it's heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. I left Canada almost 20 years ago before all of those terrible things happening that are now happening in the classroom. And when I read about what some teachers are going through, I, 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 can't, I can't believe what I'm reading because I never experienced those things, thankfully, but I can help people deal with that. And, and that's truly wonderful. Yeah, definitely wonderful. Thank you. That means that all these uh, hypnotherapy, rapid transformation technique, and all these other modalities to really work and rewire your subconscious yes. mind that is actually guiding your everyday activities. Yes, and so yes, yes. That is your way to help your former community of yes. teachers and all kind of related professions because you do understand and you are connected with them by the same professions that you learned and that you yes. practice and you are still practicing by actually helping them rewire their subconscious mind and, and, and get on with life and not with waiting for retirement because that yes. is no point. Well, there's no point. I mean, people are 
are just waiting to die. Do you know? I mean, they're 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 waiting for their life to to well, like 15 years from now. And I thought, how is that living? That can't that is not living. And so I decided that in doing this, you know, I'm 69 years old and still teaching full time. And and I thought, you know, um, okay, so the age, so the years are creeping up. And I decided in doing this kind of work. I'm going to now make my 70s my decade of my second brilliant career and my 80s are going to be my Yoda years because I'm hoping by then I have I have like a lot of wisdom. So I mean, you give yourself an outlook, a positive outlook, something to look forward to, something to experience, joy and all kinds of yes. things. And that is what is keeping you not only alive, but thriving and happy. Yes, yes. So Yes. And the thing is, um, I, I think, I think my motto is I'm going to, I'm not going to retire. I'm going to re-inspire. Oh, I'm good. moving from retire to re-inspire because to me, retire has never, the word has never sat well with me. It, to me, it's like one step, the next step is the grave. Yeah. I'm not ready for that. I'm and, absolutely and just, not. And, and just listen to the, to, to the word. I am tired. Okay, now I am retired, meaning that I am so tired that exactly. I actually withdraw myself. Exactly, exactly. And yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter. That, that doesn't make sense. I mean, you know, people still have so much more to offer and so much more to give. And I think this is this is finally my way of giving back. Gorgeous. Giving back. It's it's ne it's necessary because as I say not everybody gets a second chance and I don't want to waste this. It's Beautiful. too valuable. Karen, how can people reach out to you and ask you for hypnotherapy, teaching or anything else? Sure. Um, I have a website. It's Carolyn Boris, uh, Carolynborishypnotherapy.com. All right. Carolynborishypnotherapy.com. Yes. I'm going to write it on the banner here. Caroline. Boras hypno no therapy.com and Correct. show voila that's, that's it great yeah perfect all right caroline it's such an honor a pleasure and a special treat to have you because you Thank really you. come with, with a very with a different story coming mm -hmm. back on your on the place knowing where it happens and discovering that nothing is there and that mm. you actually healed enough to let it go and not yes. find it again ever. Yes, yes. That is key in your story on top of expecting your 80s and your, your, your <laughs> 70s and your 80s to be the best years ever. I love that one. You know what is my <laughs> motto for that one? I'm going to live until 130 years old because I remember Jeanne Calment who lived until 121 years old. And I said, yeah, I'm doing two, I'm, 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 I'm going for 130. <laughs> and when I say that, I always add healthy, mentally healthy, physically beautiful, yes. inspiring, full of joy and of ability and all of that. Yes. I mean, it's a good life. Yes, yes, absolutely. I, I, I totally agree. So, um, 
anyhow, it, th this has been this has been really great. Thank you very much. Thank you so so much. I appreciate you. Thank you, Caroline. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye.